was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 27. <laughs> on today's episode, oh, I'm going to sound very commercial like, okay? I'm the, on Talk today's to episode, right, we're going to be Talk talking to about United Masters and its collaboration with Apple. Okay, I can't do this all, the whole thing. I can't do it. But $50 million uh, with United Masters and Apple. We'll get into that. We're going to be talking about NFTs, some more stuff. Snoop Dogg, Toby. Uh, we're going to be talking about the definition of wealth with Dame and pain and all this great stuff. We got kind of a left field kind of conversation. Ugh, you, you just got to listen to it. You just you get it when you hear it. Moose, tune how you in. feeling about this episode? Yeah, yeah. Tune into this one, man. The NFT space is getting hot. It's getting personal. We got some uh, personal ties and affiliations with it now. So this is going to be a dope episode. I'm excited to get to it. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force. But more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So you know what time it is. It is review of the week. Hold on, blurry. There we go. Okay, there we go. Uh, review of the week. This one comes from Joshua's Tribe. The like Masters that. of the Game. Hold on. That's a, that deserves an air horn. I just like the title, okay? Love listening to these two and the depth and of knowledge they bring to us is second to none. Wow. I like that. I like that. Thanks, shout Joshua. Out, yeah. Shout out to you. Shout out to everybody who leaves a review, please, especially if you are on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We appreciate it. We read all of them. And you could be uh, live on the podcast Featured. if you do it. Each week we do it. Each week. You know what I mean? So, uh, not to start this off in a very sad note. Uh, but we actually got news today when this is recording that DMX is in the hospital. Uh, I don't know what to believe. We got TMZ reports, so we already know those vibes. But uh, overall, he uh, has a heart attack and he is supposedly on life support. Some reports say he's off of it. Some people say he's on but at the end of the day, he is in the hospital, so our prayers are with DMX. I literally told Moose he cannot go. So hopefully yeah. by the time you listen, he is better and everything like that. But he cannot go. He is way too important in my lovely hip-hop love and everything like that. Like, that first album, classic. Classic. I still listen to it. Classic Damien. Classic. How's it going down? There's too much. Like he can't. Yeah. He can't. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember when you played me the intro, 
the night of the versus battle. And we were like sat back and really talked about that for a minute. Um, of course, his affiliation with just the Rough Riders and all that, the Rough Riders anthem, all of that. I mean, yeah, it, it, it definitely is crazy. And, and of course, our thoughts and prayers are with him. For real, for real. Like, I know people always say that, like, yo, uh, pray for him. Yeah, we'll nah, see what happens. But, nah, he, yeah, yeah, nah. He pray for me, he'll uh, pull through this. Yeah, he and he's been through so much. Like, so, so much. And I actually wanted just to highlight just, like, a, a positive thing, because I know a lot of people are going to go to maybe the reason of why this heart attack happened, whatever it is. I, he's highly documented with his demons and things like that. But, you know, in this time, you know, we got to celebrate. So we got a really dope clip um, based off that BT documentary. I don't know if you saw it. Um BT did a like a Rough Riders Chronicles. It was really good. So if you didn't watch that, go watch that. It's a whole vibe. Um, but this part really made me smile. DMX give away most of his things. You never seen DMX with a bunch of gold chains. You never seen DMX and Lamborghinis and all those different things. DMX was constantly giving people money and you know what I'm saying, sit there and kick it with like a bum. And not just give him money, but give him time and talk. I just want to be recognized for being a nice... That's all. I don't want attention. I don't want all that shit, man. I just want to be, yo, I'm being nice. He would always give back and not for publicity. He would just do it. So, what's good about this is like, when we think of hip-hop artists, we instantly think jewelry, cars, houses, everything like that. And DMX has always been the opposite of that. DMX yeah. just really stays very to the streets, very to what we've always known him for, regardless of how much money he has. And that's not very typical. And for like for us to hear that, well, we don't see that because he gives it all away. It that says a lot about a person. And Prayfully, nothing happens to him. But down the line, when he does go, I feel like we're going to hear more stories about that. More stories about like just how he just gave out knowledge, how he gave out money and all the good things he's done. Because media and this is why I don't necessarily want to give props to TMZ and everything like that. Um, media will just show you what they want to show you based off clicks, based off viewership and things like that. So if we rely on media, we've only heard about his demons. We mm -hmm. like nothing else. I think me and Moose offline was like, okay, do we go over DMX? And I'm like, yo, they really didn't highlight anything else about him. Like, shout out to uh, Drink Champs and, you know, uh, Nori and, and, and his co-hosts because they always try to bring him on and, like, let, let's talk about all the stories that were good and what happened that, you know, you remembered that actually brought you joy, right? But, like, if we leave it up to the regular media, it's just like, 
come on. Like, yeah. are you just going to bring up how many times he went to jail? Are you going to just bring up all the drug usage and everything like that? It's like, why? Why? This yeah. is a human yeah, being. Un- yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate, man. I mean, I think, you know, ever since that, uh, and, and I don't like to make reference to it, but ever since the, you know, the whole Kobe situation, I haven't really been a fan of mainstream media because I think they just violate people's privacy just to chase a headline or chase, you know, the first one to, to, to share something. But what I think is so dope about this clip is that for those who listen to DMX's music, for those who know about his story or his upbringing, you see this like monstrous persona, right? Like a very violent, tough, alpha male, straight up pilot, you know, in reference to the flight assessment. But then you see him talking this way and it kind of lets you restore some hope in the sense that, yeah, you can still be someone who's very, you know, straight and to the point, but still have a care for people. And I think that's one of the things that's often misunderstood is that people look at the big persona and they forget about what's in somebody's heart. And I think a clip like that, where you get to hear him say it, it's not just narrated. It's not just someone vouching for him, but it's a combination of both. And it's coming from him. It's like, okay, that puts a a good level of proof behind what's happening. And we get to see the man, you know, behind what we see in the light. So I think it's always dope, but, you know, definitely, definitely, definitely hope everything uh, turns for the better with him. Fact. So prayers up to DMX. Hopefully by the time you hear this, we hear some good news, but definitely uh, I know personally, I love DMX. So air horns for him. I mean, but let's get into this episode. Um, so this one was really out of the blue. And shout out to uh, one of our uh, listeners, uh, Ashley Schuler, who was like, okay, y'all got to talk about this. I was like, Wait, what's mm. up? What happened? Right? Nah, the comments are lit. And I was like, who? Okay, I know of this person, but what? So... Backstory. So there is this influencer on social media, right, called Rachel Hollis. I think that's her name. I don't even want to. When I really don't like a situation, I don't even like referring by their name, right? Give them the initials. RH. Right, right, right. right. RH. So <laughs> let, let's, let's show the video, but you're, it's the captions for me. It's it's mm. the caption for me. So just bear with me. Uh, here is the video that has been getting thousands and thousands of comments and a lot of backlash. Um, and you tell us your opinion. Okay. Yesterday I was doing a live stream and I mentioned that there's a sweet woman who comes to my house twice a week and cleans. She's my my house cleaner. She cleans the toilets. Someone commented and said, you are privileged AF. And I was like, you're right. I'm super freaking privileged. But also, I worked my ass off to have the money to have someone come twice a week and clean my toilets. And I told her that. And then she said, well, you're unrelatable. (gasps) What is it about me that made you think I want to be relatable? No, sis. Literally everything I do in my life is to live a life that most people can't relate to. Most people won't work this hard. Most people won't get up at 4 a.m. Most people won't fail publicly again and again just to reach the top of the mountain. 
Literally every woman I admire in history was unrelatable. If my life is relatable to most people, I'm doing it wrong. Now, big corn, big corns, <laughs> big corn, big corns. So, so I'm not like, I thought that was lame. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that was lame, but the caption for those who are uh, on YouTube, you can see it. But for my audio listeners, I gotcha. She said. Harriet Tubman, RBG, Marie Curie, C-U-R-I-E, I don't even know how to say that, Oprah, uh, who else, Moose, read the rest. You know, those are definitely- I, I can't even see it. It's, it's small on my end, but uh, yeah. Amelia Earnhardt. Just the, first, the couple- the couple, the, the first few that you just read, it's yeah, like, okay, okay the, I'm, the fact okay. that you're going down that path, yeah. So, listen, y'all know me, first off, for the name, so I apologize, right? My biggest issue, of course, is when you refer yourself uh, to Harriet Tubman and Oprah, uh, off top, let, I'm, and I'm going to be very blunt, and I'm cool with it, right? Ma'am. You are a Caucasian female, right, that is comparing yourself to Harriet Tubman. I don't, I don't think you, you went through slavery. Let's just stay there. Let's, let's, let's be honest with that. You, you, there's no comparison. I don't think... The people that you mentioned were trying to be unrelatable. I don't, I don't think that was, I think they tried to make history. I think they tried to create a path for those, uh, they try to do things so others didn't have to, right? They tried to say, hey, this is what I did and you can too, which makes it relatable, which makes it to like, yo, if you could do it, I can too. I will follow her because they have similar backgrounds or similar stories or just the path of success and the drive ambition that I want to be. Not this whole I'm trying to be unrelatable and the people I look up to, I don't, I don't, I, I question what, what do you, how did you connect with, with Harriet Tubman? How, how, how sway drive maybe. Okay. Ambition. Okay. Because I'm not big on the whole, I think people are people. I'm big on that. People are people. I don't really look at it as a race thing or anything like that. However, there's nothing about your story that connects. There's nothing. And, and this is my thing. I mean, let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. And we've, we've talked about this. Sometimes you don't have to 
retaliate so quickly. Maybe you don't even have to retaliate at all. Another uh, not-so-smart individual um, was that Derek Jacks guy. I don't like saying his name either, but after he got caught, and for those who don't know, right, um, as far as this relationship guru who got caught cheating on his wife, why are you a relationship guru and your relationship is trash? Okay, cool. Then a few days later when he gets caught, he goes online, has his wife next to him and proceeds to just talk back and try to answer all the questions that every and address the situation, right? However, the way he did it and as close as he did, it actually pretty much canceled him out instead of necessarily help. Sometimes when we use our platforms, we have to be a little bit more strategic. We have to understand, and this is where the conversation that me and you had of once you are an influencer, are you holding the responsibility of a role model, right? And my problem with this is, like, you are aware of your influence. Like, you're aware of it. I think both these two individuals are very aware of their influence, right? I think what she did was pretty much say, I don't care about none of y'all. I'm going to do my life. And it is what it is. Okay. If it was just the video, let's just say, let me, if it was just the video, all right, boo, you live a lifestyle. That's how you feel. Cool. It is your, your vibe. But it's the caption for me that you are comparing your life of having a housekeeper to a whole journey and situation with slavery and that whole community with how Oprah was treated as well in her journey and her success. And you're sitting here saying we are the same. We are unrelatable. No, no, ma'am. No, no. Mm -mm. I don't. I personally don't think that. But Moose. And this is this is wrong on so many levels. Right. If you were to make a checklist of how not to do content, make sure you use this example in there for anybody who is is watching or taking notes. Right. Let me tell you, aside from the fact that it's tone deaf. Right. That's one. That's the way. You would label something like that, someone who is white, Caucasian. I like that Nikki used the sophisticated. Get me? She said Get Caucasian. Me? Caucasian. Because I don't want to make it into right, a race right. thing. So let's be politically not, correct. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, the tone deaf and then using the examples of some of the strongest, most influential black females in our history, right? It's, it's a bit of a stretch. Uh, here are some of my beliefs on that, right? First off, when you're great at that level, you don't necessarily claim your greatness. You don't need to claim your greatness. When you're truly great, and we've heard this quote many times, people whose lives you've touched and impact, they will come chanting your name and letting you know that you are. You don't need to 
really drop your title or your accomplishments or the lifestyle that you live as a result of what you've done or the sacrifices you've made. Your results will speak for themselves. The people will chant your name. That's the first part. The second part of it is literally it's a, it's a, a desperate stretch for content. Mm-hmm. You can see it. It's just so obvious and blatant. It's a, it's a desperate stretch for content. It's you taking something that's completely not relevant and wanting to spin it back and say, okay, let me put this back out there, yeah. right? So that I can turn this into a lesson, which clearly it's not. In 2000 and I want to say 17 or 18, one of the, 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 the missions or the values that I've kind of set for myself is it was after my month of fast. It was after the month of Ramadan. And I said, the biggest lesson that I took through fasting is that I have to prioritize character over content. You have to prioritize character over content. So as a personal brand, a business, whatever you're doing that you're utilizing social media for, ask yourself this question, man, if this was the one and only piece of content that the world would see from me, would I be happy that that's the type of introduction that they get to to know about me? Is this how you would want people to know about you? And the fact that that video is still up now, the fact that the comments are as crazy as they are, it just shows that it's an arrogance of like, you know what? I don't care. I am tone deaf and I'm going to ride it and reap the rewards of it because that's the other side of it that unfortunately we can't control, which is people are going to give her attention just to know what happened, just to respond to it. You know, we're speaking on it briefly here. We should send her an invoice just for giving her an opportunity to even, uh, you know what I'm saying, get our light. But, but truthfully, though, this is more for our people and our community, just so that you know what not to do, right? And the lesson that I want to leave here is like, yo, really, truly, prioritize character over content so that if people were to meet you or one of your videos, when it blows up, right, what's the type of introduction you want to make to the world? on that very first interaction. But everything else, man, it's just, yeah, it's, it's too low. The, the thing that I have, like, because I'm, I'm big on, like, having the confidence within yourself, right? So if you believe, right, if you believe within yourself, you stand next to these people or you're as great as these people, By all means, bravo to you, right? However, saying that you have a housekeeper, whatever it is, right? And you're saying, yo, I'm privileged. I'm like this and I'm not relatable as these people. I don't think uh, Harriet Tubman had a housekeeper. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. That is the vibe. I think she was one. I don't think she had one. Right? That's real. real. Now, if you were, and it's just, understand, as, as an influencer, it is sensitive times. We are, there's a lot of people that don't have tough skin, and you are reaching the masses, Right? There's certain things, especially in the minority community, that you just should not say. You shouldn't. Yeah. Now, you could be angry at your 
at your follower who said that you were privileged, then you handle that one-on-one. You DM that person. You have conversations with them through your comments. But the fact that you're using public humiliation is saying what about your leadership, right? Like, what does that say? So you get pissed off from a follower and you humiliate them by making content pretty much indirectly calling them out, right? And then pretty much telling all your followers, I'm not here to relate with you. I don't want you to connect with me. I don't want you to feel like we are on the same level. And this goes so against what we speak about with branding, with the whole, like, you have to be a human. Like, people connect with people. And we have to see that we can connect connect with you, that we can reach you, that we have similar interests or drive for a success or something, or you're literally showing me how it's supposed to be. You making having a housekeeper a goal is, is different. I just say it's just different. And you know, what's crazy. I don't even have a problem with the concept of a housekeeper, right? right? Like that's how some people make a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what really, what really got under my skin is the fact that she says she cleans my toilets. You know what, what? I'm saying? Like, be, because you're going to the lowest of lows mm. to show what a person does. Like, what if you have housekeepers as a part of your community or your following that are willing to engage in your in your services and your products? You know, like, it, it's just, you're going to the bottom of the, like, I don't know. For me, it's like I lose all respect for somebody like that because, like, we talk about there is this human element that we think is important because you're on the other side of your screen as an actual person. Mm-hmm. While you may not feel that way right now because COVID has kind of maybe jaded some people's perspectives, that's still reality. And for her to make that reference and then say, oh, my housekeeper cleans my toilets, there's like a, a, a deeper meaning behind that. That's just, that's just, I don't even have words for it because I don't like to uh, you know, use any improper language, but that's just not cool, man. Listen, if you do not want to take the responsibility of all races, all nationalities, all incomes, like maybe your type of brand isn't like it, you should rebrand yourself, right? Um, and the only reason that we know of this person is because they are affiliated with people we know. I was not following this person prior to, right? But, you know, what seemed to be genuine, what seemed to be, um, you know, a, a kind person has now showed true self. And what is what I appreciate about social media is that eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fakeness will it's come, gonna out. come out. Yeah. 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 Like it's who you really itself. are is re- like, 
And there's a lot of people who do play that game of this polished kind of vibe. And this has nothing to do with race. This has just everything to do with how easy it is to be fake on social media and manipulate people to make people feel as if you are one way and that you care. But in all honesty, it's really about your life and what this brand can do to get you to the next level and not necessarily the people. Because just like how Mo said, this should have been taken down. Once you saw the reactions or the overall reactions, that's something that you should have taken down as a person of leadership, as a person of influence, if you really care about the people. But according to your video, you do not. And that right. is okay. Then do what you do, right? But that really shows right there, one, how the fake will always come out, right? Two, how not to talk to your followers. Straight up. Yeah. yeah this has got to be used as an example of how not to ever do content. Yeah. How not to do content. How not to reply. And granted, you're not going to like everything your followers are going to say. You're not going to like every single comment, regardless if they are a troll or not. Just have a different perspective grew up in a different environment and just may not have the same mindset as you, you're not going to agree with everything. But it, as your influence grows, you have to learn to be the bigger person. You have to learn to grow with your influence. You have to mature as a human being because you have people that are looking up to you looking at your movement and either being very at all or more pushed back based off what you do. And so we gave this a little bit more time that we should have, but at the same time, I want people to look at what this person did, what the male figure of her did the relationship guru type situation, right? And learn that, you know what? First, not everything deserves a announcement, a comeback, a video addressing everything that has been said. Like you needed your team at that point. You needed to let go of your phone and give it to somebody else. That that video from both ends should have never came out in the time that it did. Okay. You should have recorded it, save it, come back to it the next day and see, you know what? Let me get out of my feelings. Talk because about it. that was a pure sh- emotional video. And Once you have such a brand of that caliber, you can't move off feelings. You have to move off facts and stats. You have to move off with the intentions of thinking of others. Like that could really affect and push back your brand. And if you don't necessarily care, like you said on 
your video, then what we're saying now is really irrelevant. But for those people who are trying to learn from this situation and learn from the Derek Jacks situation and that whole blindness, right, is that there is a time and a strategic plan to address your followers about some things that have been addressed or brought to your attention. And you really have to think things through because people are seeking for what you have to say about the situation. And you don't necessarily want to be tone deaf. Yeah. 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 And just for the record, while there may be some affiliates, this is not about either of these two individuals. Mm-mm. It's really to highlight the context of what happened and, you know, the lesson that we're trying to give to our community members, the people who tune into this podcast on our platform as an example of what not to do. And respectfully, you know, we don't again, this is we don't know them as individuals. So I do want to say that. But I just want to speak to the context of it. And this is the everyday problem that can destroy the most successful businesses, the more the most successful personal brands. It's an it's something as an oversight that that's that that is that small that you might think is so regular in your world that can completely destroy much of what you worked hard to build. So that's the main lesson that I want, you know, our community members to walk away with from this, because at the end of the day, it's not about those individuals, at, at least, and I'm sure you feel the same. It's definitely not that way. For yeah, me. no, it's it's not about yeah. the individuals. It's just the fact that of the influence that you have, like, 100%. what does that what does that tell for your followers? But at the end of the day, it's like I'm not trying to complain about it. I'm not trying to downplay anybody. But what, even though I. Semi did, and that's okay, right? But at the end of the day, like, I'm going to look at it like, what can I do different? Because I can't just talk about it. I have to be the change. As a female Mm -hmm. myself, I can't put, say something reckless and then try to double down on it and be like, well, these females did it, and so I can too. No. Right. They had other situations that probably had nothing to do with a housekeeper. Nothing. Nothing of their actions was the same just because of what money was allowed to give them. That was a completely slight flex and not even a slight flex that she did. That was this is what I can do. I work my behind off. That's, you know, and if you can't relate with that, that's is this is not for you and I'm not trying to be for you. Cool. Then that's cool. That but for me, I'm going to take this as like, well, if you don't want to talk to that audience, hello, I will. Or and other people will be like, I'll take those that you're not connecting with and probably beat you. Just saying. Yes, I was a little upset about this. I apologize. And it's nothing personal. I just don't like when people do that. I don't like when people Mm -hmm. downplay other females, downplay anybody just because of the way they live based off maybe the results they've done 
It doesn't make you a better person. You should, your goal should never be, I'm not relatable. That's not, yeah. That shouldn't be a goal in life. I'm trying never to be relatable to you. That's weird. It's weird. I don't understand it. It's not, I will say it's not wrong. I just don't understand it and I don't subscribe to it. So let's talk about some NFTs though. Hey. On to better news. Right. So uh, first off, right. Yes, we are still talking about NFTs because this is not going anywhere. Okay. We talked a little bit before about Bleacher Report and the NBA, right? We've talked about the whole people thing and $69 million, right? Now we're getting into two artists that uh, we enjoy, right? And let me see. Hold on. I, I, oh, man, I should have came correct. I really should have came correct. But let's, uh, let's announce one person who dropped their collection of NFTs. And if it wanted to come up, it, we could do that, right? So as I'm waiting for this video, right, because it's <laughs> taking a minute, um, I'll give you all a hint. It's Snoop. All right, it's Snoop Dogg. Oh, there we go. Snoop Dogg, <laughs> NFT. Never forget to pass it. Quickest way to get your ass kicked. Oh yeah, this is another classic. Mm. <laughs> First off, oh, that's hilarious. First off, I love, I love Snoop and the fact that he came out with his own type of NFT collection. And the crazy thing is, like, this really shows community, right? Because there was so he did an NFT song, right? What you heard, right, is a, a piece of his NFT song that was sold. For five hundred dollars, with a uh, with a image of a um, what you call it, a diamond joint. Now everybody knows. Oh wow, that was a part of the release. Yes, yes. Oh, that's what's up. That was a dope song. So if you got the diamond joint, right, (laughs) which was five hundred dollars, you got not only that, but as well as the exclusive NFT. Uh, song right and he's done he did multiple ones like he had a uh, young Snoop right he did a few one on ones right one of ones so there was a young Snoop there was a hustle there was a death row thing and they're like $55,000 $53,000 the death row one is $108,000 he had Snoop Dogg coins for 213 he had this, this is what I love because this is where it mixes art or imagery to uh, an experience. So he has a uh, a roach, and for those people who do not smoke, that is a blunt that is this big now because they finished smoking it, right? Um, not condoning. I'm just letting you know what it is, right? So he has a picture of a blunt. And it's $25,000. But if you buy this, you have a chance to go and chill with Snoop. 
There's only 25 of those. And you have the chance to go chill with Snoop and probably if it's a roach, then that means there will probably be extra activities that are involved. But I love how he literally took what he is about and his brand and put it into these NFT situations and dropped it. Like, he's like, yo, I'm going to be part of this whole whole situation. Like, I'm seeing people dropping at all these things. I'm, I want to drop some, too. I got my team, and he was on Clubhouse talking about it. Like, yo, I just want to be part of this because I think this is the new wave for music. I think this is great for artists to sell our music, sell our creativity, and then still make some money back off of the back end. I don't know. Hmm. I liked it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you definitely educated me on what a roach was. I had no idea what that was, so thank you for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had no idea what that was. So, uh, you know, I'm just being... <laughs> Just being honest, I had no idea. So. Yo, shout out to Moose being so pure. I'm when I tell you pure, pure, pure. Don't get it twisted <laughs> that he lives in Queens. We do not live in the hood. Nothing like that. Okay, that doesn't Represent, mean baby. he is a whole thug. No, he did nah, not know nah, what a roach was. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what that oh, was. What does that say about me, though? <laughs> Man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Go Snoop. <laughs> On that note, go Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, nah. I mean, I, what I will say, though, the dope part about this is, uh, you know, I'm... Here's a good example of what to do, right? Mm -hmm. Leaning deeper into who you are. And I, and I like it. You know what? You might not be someone who approves that type of lifestyle, but at least he's making it clear to you so you have the opportunity to choose, Thanks. right? So it, it, would, it would be terrible if he was trying to hide that or portray it as something else. And people invest that type of money into what he's releasing and then they go to it and it's like, whoa, I didn't think it was like that. My point is what I like about Snoop, whether you are with his lifestyle or against his lifestyle, I'm taking a neutral position here and just saying that he he really openly speaks about what he's about, what he enjoys, what you can expect when you invest into that product or into his NFT. Right. So that there is no secrets. It's, he's very transparent and he really is being himself. So when you talk about a branding example of what to do, you know, I'm, I'm not saying go ahead and uh, get a cockroach, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, classic. Classic. I don't know. Water. <laughs> Drink some water, all right? Get me off the main screen. I feel weird now. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, I am hurt. I am hurt. Oh my God. He said cockroach. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, you know. Just... Oh, when you try to get into the lingo and it goes wrong. 
<laughs> so, um, first up. That's what happened there. It was like this. You know what I'm saying? A little okay, okay. So, this, this is what I... <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I don't even know what I was going to talk about because that threw me all the way off. Um, okay, no, I do remember. So, what's really cool about this drop, right? Not only what Moose said as far as, you know, we get what we expect from from Snoop, right? I was about to say from Moose, uh, from Snoop, as far as just the whole lifestyle of Snoop, right? But what's cool about this one is that he's actually giving proceeds to other creators who are trying to get into crypto art as well as um, his football league. Right. So it's not just 100 percent going to the artist because we're like, yeah, what how much more money you need, Snoop? Like this mm-hmm. is this is crazy. Like if we could add this up, you don't need this much. Right. But the fact that he's like, yo, I really want to help other creators get into this space because I really f- fully believe in this and how this could really change uh, for creators, period. Um, I think that was pretty cool. I, I don't know if you caught on to that, but I really thought that was pretty dope as far as um, that that portion of it. But on a separate note, before we get into the next one, I saw um, Saturday Night Live talk about NFTs. Did you see that little clip that they did? Interesting. I didn't. I saw some other stuff I think I told you about with CNBC, but no, tell me no, about that. No, so they had a skit. And I think uh, Jack Harlow rapped about NFTs, right? So what they did was take a clip from that and turn it into an NFT and said, hey, Mm. the person with the highest bid gets this NFT on top of two tickets to season 47. I was like, wow, what? That's what's up. That's what's up. Talk about getting creative with your offer. That's really dope. Yeah. And so, uh, you know me. Shout out to uh, Tiffany Haynes. I send that straight to Tiff. Like, uh, ma'am, this could be something we can do as far mm-hmm. as getting other people to, like, with ease uh, events and stuff like that. And this is the reason why we're going over NFTs so much is because for what we cover when it comes to personal brands and businesses, this is a different unique way that can really communicate with uh, your communities and your clients and things like that to get a unique experience from your brand. So like I just explained with Saturday night live, they do, we all know they do skits. They're on TV doing skits And they literally took one thing, made it into a GIF and say, yo, I'm going to give you access if you buy this. Not just you get the GIF, not just that you get the art or whatever. You get two tickets for it. There was, um, what was it, that that group, uh, King Leon, I think that was who it was called, right, who dropped an album And put it as an NFT and said, um, the people who get this this album as an NFT gets front row tickets for the rest of your life or something. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. 
I, and shout out to everybody who heard the last episode. I really think Nipsey would kill this space. Oh, because, for sure. Because he was for already sure. doing it. He was already experienced. Yeah, space. he was yeah. already doing it with his marathon clothing store and all that stuff. I think he would kill this space. So that's mm-hmm. why we're going over this whole NFT. So you're like, why are y'all always talking about this? This is like the third episode because it's important. And you heard it first here that is about to change everything with personal branding and businesses in general. I'm just saying. But 100%. Uh, we have an exclusive, exclusive mm. look from somebody uh, y'all may know. We've highlighted him a little bit on this uh, show. Um, but in the talk of, you know, NFTs, it's only right that we we show uh, the Mint Collection, the Toby NFT hey. that is going to come out. You see, you see it. Oh, the Minty Collection is going to be a whole vibe. We can't say too much. We can't yeah. say too much. But I know the only thing I definitely can say is that there's going to be a lot of education that comes out about NFTs from this camp, right? Toby is really big on his community and keeping them up to date with what he's doing and how the culture is embracing NFTs. So he's going to make sure that all the education as far as what is NFTs, how to set up uh, your your wallet to buy NFTs, what place to go buy it and everything like that. Like, there's there's a lot coming. I can't say, I, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to yeah. say too much. But... When I tell you, y'all better look out for what Toby is doing because he is about to show a whole new rollout for how NFTs is going. Like, this is just a preview. And it's a pretty preview, by the way. It's a pretty, it, it screams Toby. It just, yeah, I don't know, yeah. what, you, what you think? Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, getting to know Toby more and more. And, and seeing this come to life, it's like, yep, the whole team, that whole camp executed on it with like fear, like fearless uh, timelines and execution, bringing it to life. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what's happening because, man, the, the dude got so many incredible opportunities, everyone knocking on his door. And for him continuing to stay disciplined to say, I'm going to peek out what opportunities are best suitable for us and the team. You know, I think it's, it's going to be really incredible. And and this is only fitting for um, Tobe because Tobe is, is an independent artist, right? So if if you haven't been paying attention to the whole NFT wave and just like how what Snoop did, like he released a song and and attached it to like a diamond joint. So if you get the Mm -hmm. diamond joint, you get the song as well, right? Which if anybody was to resell that diamond joint, Snoop will forever get royalties based off how he set it up in the back, right? Right. Um, Where now this gives complete control and ownership of how the music is distributed 
among the, the artists, right? So it only makes sense for Tobe to be like, yo, I'm going to drop my own collection. Who is to say, and this is speculation, this is not any of the things that are possibly going to drop, but who's to say that he won't drop unreleased music? Who was to say he won't allow uh, certain access or certain uh, exclusive shows and things like that? He has all control of what could possibly happen with this coin. If you have this coin, this can possibly, this could possibly open up this door, that door, this door. And at the end of the day, if he creates it in a limited amount, right, there is going to be an increase of demand for it. Yo, I didn't get the chance to get the Toby coin. How can I get it? Then his community could be like, well, ha, ha, ha. I have one. Look what I got. How much yeah. you got for it? Ha ha. I'll trade you or boom. This is how much it is. Like this is how brands, artists, businesses can create demand in a very unique and digital way. So I'm excited about this release because I would love to see if you haven't seen anything of Toby's videos, uh, Toby's fashion, to- anything that Toby does, his his live shows, his virtual show, it's always an experience. So this shouldn't be anything different. This should be something that other artists are going to literally write down each step that he does because they're doing that for his music videos as it is right now. So yeah. he literally sets the blueprint of of the this age of music artists. So I'm excited to see what he does with this NFT. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like I said, that uh, t- man, so many dope things to say about him. And the my favorite part, uh, we actually have a, a leadership development call that we do, when, and Toby is on the call. And to tell you that there is no difference between Toby on that call, which is a very small group, there's no more than four of us on there, versus what the millions of people see on his platform is literally the same exact person, the same exact jokes, right? Talking about the same concepts. So it's just like, man, to see that level of authenticity come to life now in the digital space with this. I'm excited, like you said, to see what type of experience and creativity he brings to it. Because knowing Tobe, he doesn't mind going against the grain. Like he'll follow the blueprint, but he doesn't mind always going against the grain to add his element or his twist to it so that he can leave his mark on it. And typically it elevates the experience or it makes the, you know, what what they're putting out to be a lot better. So I'm excited to see what happens on this. I think they're going to come with it. Uh, you know, you you've sent me some stuff that I see and I'm like... Uh, can we buy this? <laughs> can we uh, oh, can we place a bid here? You listen, know, what I'm yeah, listen, yeah. I think it's going to be a phenomenal. I'm definitely going to be supporting. Uh, hopefully, everybody who supports Nikki and Moose will support Tobe in this whole NFT thing. And as we know more, you get to know more. So, yeah. shout out to Tobe and that whole camp. But uh, big news. 
since we're talking about Tobe, he's actually really uh, cool. And one of his mentors is Steve Stout, right? So big news with United Masters and Apple, right? So backstory, United Masters is pretty much like a place where independent artists go and are able to distribute their music, have the same type of opportunities uh, as uh, being on a record label, but keeping all their rights to their music, right? Uh, We've heard multiple horror stories of artists and their masters and not being able to have their masters. And it's always celebrated that you keep it and things like that. Well, United Masters allows you to keep all your rights, but still be able to shine with certain tools and resources. And so Apple uh, just um, in like gave them $50 million, which isn't light. Okay. That's not light, but I loved what, he uh, Steve Stout just went to the Joe Budden podcast and said this bar that pretty much explained why this is important and why United Masters is important. So let's get into it. Is now what I'm saying and what they're saying is it's an option to go independent. Like if you go to, to a major label, that's one option. Mm-hmm. But just because you go independent doesn't mean you have you don't have the same opportunities. Prior, you think if you go independent, you're definitely going to get jerked on the opportunities. Right. You're not going to get right. a shot to you get this and that. Work. Yeah. yeah, but now yeah. what we're saying is, what well, my goal is to not say, you know, the record companies, but it's just one option. You can go mm-hmm. take an advance mm-hmm. and sign your rights away, right. or you can control your rights, right. come to United Masters, and get similar opportunities. Gotcha. That's the goal. So... I really love this because the fact and and don't look so much into the music kind of vibe, right? Even though this is about music, this literally shows that there's always options to everything that you do when it comes to branding and business, right? You there are benefits of doing it with a major machine, major influencer, you know, major company. There's there's always benefits to that, right? And there's some cons to it. But to do things on your own, to have ownership has been the theme of pretty much 2020, 2021, it seems like, right? Um, and maybe a little bit before, but definitely in these past two years, we have really seen more people embrace it more and more. Right. And the fact that Apple is seeing, Hey, we want to support independent artists too, because as we know, Apple and Apple music are, distributors is one of the major distributors of music at this point. So they clearly say, Hey, we don't want to only support the record labels. We know that 
there is a wave of independent artists that are um, a lot of them are top of the charts and they're not backed by a record label. So why don't we invest in the independent side and provide different opportunities? Because at the end of the day, like everybody benefits. If I invest in you, that means we get more music. That means our users are going to be happy because we get maybe first dibs on this, this artist or exclusive content on this artist at different playlists that maybe we, we are, have been struggling to do compared to like a Spotify and things like that. So I think from a strategic point, because I believe also with this 50 mil, they become strategic partners. So I can see where this benefits everybody, right? But it's great to see that it benefits everybody on an independent level, right? And Steve Stout um, went on Breakfast Club and was like, look, with this money, we're going to build the system. We're going to build the infrastructure so that when other artists come in, that they just go through what, like, CJ says the car wash, right? Where everybody is given the same uh, tools, the same resources, the same opportunities. And all you probably have to do is work. You probably have to put in the work, but we're giving you all these different things. For, For me, I look at it from a standpoint of like everybody's making being by yourself and ownership and all way more sexier than it was years ago. Way more sexier. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's, uh, what's, what's really cool about this too, is that the fact that someone like Steve Stout is leading this Mm -hmm. with his experience in the industry, with his relational network. I think this puts him like really in a, in a very unique place to be able to create a big shift in the way the music industry has done business, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity to finally balance out the power. Like you said, the, the, the strive or the attempt to pull back ownership, we saw last week on Nipsey's episode, you know, when he talked about a big part of him being okay to sign with a label, that, that was okay, but it had to come with a strategic partnership. So now that that message has been preached, I think many people have seen it. And the other side of it, too, is before what the label was able to hold over your head is that you can't blow up without us. Mm. Now that somebody like Chance the Rapper has done it, many, many, many others with the help of social media and people's ability to really control their narrative, tell their story, build their brand through social media. Obviously, we've seen Toby literally do it right under our eyes over the last three years. It's created a much more level playing field where Steve Stout can now go to market with something like this, have the backing of such big executives. Of course, when Apple puts their name on something, that's going to open some doors for you, even if you're Steve Stout. I think that gets you, you know, in a room with some bigger money that you can really create a shift here. So, you know, it's, it's cool to see what's happening, but I'm also really excited to see what's going to happen in the in the industry or like the music industry down the road or in the future of how something like this can now really shift the culture or give people an opportunity that typically would have not been picked up because of 
any one of the reasons that an artist may not be attractive to a, a big label per se, but they can, like I was reading up on some of the resources and it said, this will give an opportunity for artists to literally iMessage one of their songs on the platform using iMessage and get it distributed, you know, amongst all of the major networks. So mm. it's just going to really create a very easy access for a lot of artists to showcase their talents and you know, who knows what can happen from there. So I think it's going to be dope to see how it unfolds. Yeah. And I think since, since we, you know, you mentioned Nipsey, so I got going a little bit on it. Um, but if we, we looked at that journey um, and I just finished read today, just finished reading that, uh, that book that came out, the unofficial biography of Nipsey by Robert Kenner, I think. Right. And he was talking about how Victory Lap was literally the end of the independent era. Right. Mm. It was the marathon was talking about how we did it by ourselves, the grind, the hustle and everything. But the Victory Lap was saying, yo, we figured out a deal that works for us. And now we're going to a whole new level. So this is the end of the era of independency because they also saw as far as being a strategic partner, right, that they needed a team. They needed, you know, I need the marketing situation. I need the push. I need the distribution. Like we've done it so far by ourselves like this. Right. And if United Masters like allows those different types of opportunities. Cause I don't think at, at this era that record labels are so needed. Right. I think before, because they were the only option they were needed. Right. And now that they're not the only option, it's like, okay, how can we still utilize that system though? Because it's not completely a waste because there's backing with a whole big budget, connections, things like that. And so when we're looking at how Nip did it, he was like, okay, let's become strategic partners. I'm hoping United Masters allows opportunities to utilize the labels as strategic partners down the line. Maybe once you make a certain amount once you've done this amount of things, I don't think that should be available for everybody, but I think they should, yeah. they could do tiers. That would be really amazing to have something of, I still keep my, my rights, you know, I still able to utilize the independent route, but I do tap into the resources of both. I think that'd be yeah. amazing to see because ideally yeah. that'd yeah. be, that'd be great for everybody. Right. Yeah. And and even and, and talking outside of of music for a second, like you would want both of both wor- worlds of mm-hmm. the corporate kind of lifestyle and resources and tools, but still being able to do it on your own to still be able to have, you know, uh, leadership and creative control and doing all the things you want to do but with the backing and the team that you honestly need. I think ideally that should be yeah, the goal yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love if, if they can make that happen 
you know, it, it, it neutralizes a lot of the power that, you know, Steve Stout and United Masters might have in that position. Mm-hmm. But if they can really make something like that happen and create that balance, I think that is the best case scenario for everyone. Now you're getting the best of both worlds and really benefiting the artist. Facts. So a little over in time, but I got one clip. So this is, this is where this one came from, right? Um, Dame Dash has always been a very important figure in the culture, mm. right? Everybody has, well, hopefully everybody, if you haven't, uh, may link it or something. He had this very famous interview on Breakfast Club, yeah. pretty much talking about, you know, ownership and putting up your own money. And you're not a boss if you don't put up your own money. Um, and there, his definition of wealth is intriguing to me, right? I was watching a recent interview um, and how he expressed what success and wealth is, is really different than what I expected from him. Cause I think maybe, and this is just kind of the stereotype of if you're in hip hop, right. If you're in a certain culture, success may mean the amount of businesses you have amount of money that you have, what is there to show of it, right? And so I wanted to do this clip kind of to end the podcast just as a conversational piece of what what does wealth mean to you kind of vibe. So let's let's watch this. You know, but there's a path, like there's a goal that everybody wants to get to, right? They want to be rich or their version of wealthy. But there's a different path to get there for everybody. Not every path is for everybody. <laughs> And you have to find your path to get to your dream. Now, certain people might go a different path to get to their dream. It don't mean I'm going that path. And my path might take a little longer. Oh, it cut. Oh, it cut because if you know Dame, he probably says something crazy. So I had to cut it. So I apologize. (laughs) Hear me? I apologize. He's about to go off on a tangent. Right, 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 right. They don't... Didn't want to. Uh, I don't know if you have babies around. You know, we try to we try to keep it as uh, as kosher as I can. You know what I mean? Keep it clean. I'm just saying. But um, we'll start this one off. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna actually gonna say I'm I agree with him uh, to to a very large degree here, and, and the reason why is I've never been a fan of any cooker cutter type programs. Mm-hmm where every single person has to do the exact same thing every single time, and it's going to produce similar results. You know, way before that, I've always had a thing against it because I said, no, logically, I can see the world from a different lens, but I can also know that there are two different set of directions I can take and still end up at the same destination. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to follow that path if it's not really well-tuned or well-created for my work style. Now, I will say this, to some extent, there is some fundamentals that you cannot skip out on 
for the most part, there are some fundamentals. You might say work ethic. You might say, like we talked about, authenticity, being yourself. There are just some characteristics or some concepts that are included in everybody's formula. But when it comes to your path to generating wealth, that's got to be a little bit more strategic. You've got to think about the context of who you are and where you are and think about what you're trying to accomplish and and put in some different variables there to connect the dots. So that's one of the big pieces now that I've been including even in many of our of our teachers, Nikki, is talking about the importance of context. Mm-hmm. When you take someone's blueprint and you're not mindful of the context in which they've created it in, you're going to for sure have some level of success, get some level of momentum, but you're going to hit a wall because you're not them. And that's the part where some are just intrigued with figuring that out themselves and others are able to conceptualize of, okay, here's what I can take from that because it's well suited for me, Mm -hmm. but this is where I got to stop. And and it really takes a great level of discipline to say, okay, I'm going to stop right here because that's not going to be well suited for me, regardless of how well it's perceived or pitched. That's where people got to create, you know, a, a bit of a barrier there. But definitely, for the most part, I, I do agree with what he's saying. Yeah, and a, a little backstory, of course. Uh, the person who was asking the question was trying to be messy and was like, "Well, you see, there are certain people who are selling their assets, selling their businesses mm. to bigger." Uh, bigger companies and he was of course referring to jay-z uh who sold title and ace of spades and stuff like that and first off i do i do respect how dame kind of uh responded to that it wasn't super messy right right but as well as just saying look i'm not paying attention to how People are creating their wealth. I'm paying attention to how I'm creating my wealth and I'm going to do it in this way. And I'm not necessarily checking how long that would take compared to anybody else. I'm going to run it this way. And if you subscribe to that, cool. If you don't, cool. But I think it also goes based off the conversation of what is the goal? Like, what is what is wealth to you and how do you want to get there? Do you want to sell all this stuff and give it all away for the bag? Does that create the wealth that you want or is it the ownership and the residual incomes and things like that? Does that create the wealth for you? What is your definition of wealth and how is it that you're going to do it. And what I do love about Dame um, is that he really doesn't pay attention to nobody. Like he's like, I'm going to do it this way. And I really don't care what you think. And that's it. Like I've done a lot. I made, and oh man, there was this clip. Oh, I wish I would have cut it up. And I know we're a little over time, but he was talking about like, yo, the way I do things is to teach others, right? I made Jay a billionaire. I made Kanye a billionaire. 
I wish the others would be billionaires, but all of them make more than me. And that was the goal of it. Like, I don't do this for myself. I do this because that is my definition of wealth, of making sure other people based off my, you know, my experience, my journey, my ways of distributing this, that, and the third, because he has a streaming platform. He has a studio. He's doing his own music just because his kids have all businesses. Like, I'm doing this so they could do more. And they, I wanted to cut up that clip, and I didn't, because I felt like we were going to be over time. But the question of, are you a good leader or less of a leader if the people that you lead do not surpass you, whether in status or financially? That is my question. I like that. I like that. Man, See how I did man, that? See how I did that? Wow. He yeah. likes two questions that I've asked in two episodes. <laughs> We're yeah. clipping this up. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Now, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, I, I do believe, of course, it's going to come down to the, the mission that you're leading, yep. right? In, in some cases, the objective is to make the people better than you. Mm. So the point that they are when they when someone arrives at a point of exceeding what you've taught them or exceeding what you can do for them, while it may feel like, oh, man, you really going to leave us, that actually lets you know that your work was successful or your mission was complete. So in some cases, that's phenomenal. But the flip side of it is if your leadership style does not create any other leaders Mm -hmm. and it's it's meant to literally put a ceiling over other people's head, mm-hmm. then yeah, you got you to gotta take a look in the mirror. Because I do believe that every great leader is able to help others fulfill the leadership capacity within themselves. Even if they can't be in charge of hundreds of other people, but they can at least reach the ultimate level of what leadership is for that individual. And they helped, they, you were able to achieve that by the leader that you were following. So I always say, if you if you want to grow, follow a good leader. Mm, I like that. I like that. No, I was I was thinking about it because um, he said it. He's like, not all, you know, not all ways of creating wealth is going to be the right way. But the way I do it is the way I do it. And clearly it's had its perks because maybe a gem or two, or maybe this way he does this business or this advice he gave has obviously duplicated itself in some way, shape, or form. Like his influence is clearly there somehow, some way, right? And we look at, and and we've talked about it with the whole, when you look at multiple streams of income, like how do you want to get your wealth? And there are People who are saying, if you want to make this much, you have to do A, B, C, D, a.k.a. this whole real estate thing. (laughs) Uh. Right. And you have to do these things in order to be this wealthy or to reach this status. Right. And 
each of those people that like those two that are billionaires, right? But he has a whole bunch of millionaires too. But everybody who's been through his influence, I'm not going to say his leadership or toolage, but his Mm -hmm, influence mm -hmm. clearly, right? They've all done it their own way. You know, Kanye's done his amount of money that was up in the air and we don't know, but he is a billionaire. Shout out to Kanye. But he's done it his way, where people have doubted his whole vibe with fashion, doubted his way of how he created music, doubted a lot of things. He created his way. Jay-Z, with not only music, but uh, sports ownership agency, uh, streaming service, alcohol, clothes, like he's done it his way. Other artists... Cameron, all that great stuff, done it their way. And I think that is what is being duplicated. That Mm -hmm. of you are able to make this amount of money by investing in yourself and doing it your way. There's, There's so many other models, but the important model is your model. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that when he when he was pretty much talking about that, I was like, yo, we've 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 shown so many different blueprints of how to create influence, how to create wealth, how to do these different things. But at the end of the day, we have to look and take and still create our own. Yeah. But it, yeah. it it breaks down into, at the end of the day, what is success and what is wealth to you? Exactly. Exactly. If I you have yeah. not, yeah, if you have not answered that, then you are chasing something blindly. Period. You're preaching, next. Yeah, you're preaching. For real. That's a whole nother For podcast. Real. That's good. I like that. Whole nother podcast. Look, um, I told you we had a lot to talk about. We Mm. actually had another clip, but we're going to leave that one for the live show. There we go. We're going to leave that for the live show. So every Tuesday on YouTube, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5, 5. 5 p.m. West Coast time on YouTube, Nikki and Moose. You can watch the live show and get the continuation of this particular episode. And just rock with us. We we talk to everybody in the chat and everything like that. As well, we haven't mentioned it for a while, flightassessment.com. Okay? Uh, if, if you've heard Moose... And myself speak about pilot, flight attendant, grounds crew, air traffic control, here and there. And you're like, what are you talking about? That's so random. Flightassessment.com. Flightassessment.com. Moose, tell them what that is real quick. Real quick. Yeah, check, check us out, man. I mean, um, flightassessment.com is uh, it's an opportunity for you to get to know uh, some of your gifts and talents on a deeper level. A lot of people think that they know how they are. But if you think about it, as humans, we're able to see everyone and everything in the world. The only person we can't see is ourselves. Flight assessment gives you an opportunity to do that. 
Facts. Oh, and super random, super, super random for those people who are still on listening and watching. Right. So remember the episode that I was like, I need pants. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So hold hold on. Hold on. Let me. Let me get it real quick. Oh, uh, don't tell me you got somebody. The, you got the pants. Yo, 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 and and they wanted to send it to you, so I didn't. Don't don't worry about it. Okay. So, uh, okay. District clothing, right? They send me pants. I don't know if you see it. District clothing. Wow. They send me pretty much like a whole jogger suit, uh, and shirt and hat and everything, and wants to send Moose some too. Um, it's just that he's very particular with his address, so I didn't didn't want to give it out. I just, I just let you know that it's not it's not me, Tim, and him being very protective of his lifestyle. Um, Correct. And so we apologize. But listen, <laughs> shout out to you. That was ho- that was so dope. Then you know, you ask and you shall receive. This is the crazy. I'm telling thing. you. I'm it's crazy. You. And the fact that they picked up on that too, like, you know what, let's get us some pants. That's right. Some they were like, yo, hello. Give me your I address. Like I'm like, here you go. I'm not moose. So I'm like, here you go. Right? <laughs> give me my give me my stuff. Give me stuff. I love it. <laughs> I'm here for you. Yummy. Hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Moose, final words. Yeah, yeah. I've been working on this one, man, and, and I'm realizing that. There's no amount of information that's going to replace the work that you have to do, right? No amount of information that you receive, listen to, consume, whatever it is, no amount of information replaces the work that you have to do. So for you to grow, you have to grow. Literally, for you to grow, you have to grow.